Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to my podcast. My name's Lorena and this is The Pooch. Hope you've been well. We're on episode 31. I am here with a colicky newborn in my lap. So I hope my co-host stays nice and quiet. You might hear him every now and then. Um, I just, I really wanted to record this episode tonight and I just thought instead of waiting for my opportunity, I'll just take it and he can be in my arms and we'll just play it by ear and see what happens. So I've had a kind of crazy week. Um, He is about to be six weeks old. So we have all the scary shots coming up, which I'm, I remember first time around was petrifying. Anyway, that's, that's coming up in a few days. Um, But I got mastitis this week, which uh, I think I had it before. Um, Not that I have no memory, but I, um, I know I had a lot of pain um, and, you know, found it difficult at some stage to to pump milk or to extract milk um but last time it happened I was you know with my daughter I didn't have any kind of sick symptoms this time oh my god it was a fucking nightmare I woke up in the middle of the night freezing cold like shivers covered in sweat fever of 39 like it was just crazy and this was like two three days ago and I'm still I'm feeling fine I had to take antibiotics um but I'm still in pain like it still really hurts so I don't know how to move it along I don't know how to get rid of the actual blockage anyway that's not for today (laughs) um but I had a lovely thing happen to me and I just kind of wanted to share it I was at the shops the other day and I kind of, I was having my one, one of my real flustered moments, um, you know, walking through Woolies, pushing now a two kid pram, you know, I've got my toddler and my newborn in the same pram and it's big, it's a wonderful pram, but it's, you know, it makes life harder to get around with two kids. And, um, I was trying to do shopping, so I'm juggling a basket in my hand and I can only buy a few things at a time because I can't push a trolley and a pram at the same time and all that shit that comes with trying to sort all this out on your own pretty much um and on the same day two different women in totally different parts of the shopping center um came up to me and they were like I just want you to know you're doing a really good job and I was like that is that's the the smallest thing you can do but the nicest thing you can do because I honestly felt like a hot mess disheveled 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 piece of shit that day I was like sweaty and I don't know if it's the same for everyone but when I'm in this stage like breastfeeding postpartum mode I'm always hot I'm always uncomfortable I'm always sweaty I always feel disgusting um on top of it I was kind of like you know huffing and puffing through the shops trying to get around people 
the shops were busy. I needed to get stuff. Things are falling out of my hands. I felt like an absolute hot mess of a disaster. And to have two women on separate occasions come up, like just walk past me or one of them came up to me. The other one was walking past me and they were just like, I just want you to know you're doing great. It just made me feel like, I don't know, like a, we kind of, we got this, you know, there there was a, a tiny sense of village for a second. Like it was a little bit of like a, you're actually noticing me. Like I'm not, you know, we're not all living our isolated lives kind of parallel to each other's ships in the night type of situation. Like we are in the same space and you're noticing another mum and also you you care enough to to let me know that I'm doing well you care enough to know that there's a chance that I might be questioning myself that I might be doubting myself which I do we all fucking do non-stop especially at this you know stage and you know I just felt like sharing that because it actually changed my whole day maybe part of my week until I bloody got sick and then I felt like shit but it was such a lovely I know it sounds really lame and simple but it was such a special thing to to hear some random woman say you know you're doing good um and 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 feel I guess feel the need to share those feelings with me and just I don't know it just gave me such a boost of confidence so on that note um today's episode is going to be about what I'm not doing now second time round so for those of you that don't know I've just had my second baby I am second time round in this postpartum land um, and I have a, a couple of things here that I've listed down that I'm not doing this time round. Some of them are on purpose. Some of them, are, I guess, are a conscious effort not to do these things um, and others are maybe not so intentional. Um, but some things that I've noticed, I guess, that I'm doing differently second time round since I've been here before and I'm feeling slightly more seasoned in some ways. Um, I have said in another episode though, that, and this is something that I really, really believe wholeheartedly is that it doesn't really matter how many times you do something. So I'm, you know, I have my second baby now. This is the first time that I am a mum of a toddler and a newborn. So while it is second time having a baby, it is absolutely my first time having it under these circumstances, having it like it's a thing, having my son, you know, under these circumstances, which is, you know, a big difference to the first time round. And anyone who's had two kids will know um, how different it is, you know, for example, being pregnant the first time versus the second, especially if your kids are, you know, close-ish in age, close enough that your first needs looking after. So, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, even a five-year-old maybe, I, I wouldn't know. Um, but, you know, that is the first time that you're having to have that experience because your first pregnancy was just you and your pregnancy. Second time is you, your pregnancy and a child. Um, so while I while I fully believe that this is, you know, the second time around is my first time at pregnancy uh, pregnancy at, at being a mum of a baby with a toddler and all the circumstances that come with that there are things that I do feel more seasoned uh, over and I think it's the simple fact of just having had a baby before so I just wanted to share a couple of things and maybe they resonate with you some of the things that I'm conscious of doing they might they might be things that you might consider um, if you're already second time round or if you're becoming you know mum for the second time whatever it might be 
So the first thing that I am making a conscious effort not to do is to track everything, to not track everything, because I did that the first time. Um, Starting from, literally starting from being in the hospital, this got me into a paranoid frenzy about having to track everything and it just, I think it drove me a little bit fucking insane to be honest. So starting from in the hospital when I had my daughter, uh, so my first baby, I remember the the midwives coming in and asking me constantly what time did you last feed and for how long and I could not answer that question time and it's happened to me this time again time is an actual mystery to me right now I can't tell you what feels like five minutes or ten I can't tell you you know unless I'm consciously looking at the clock and going please record this in your brain it is 6 35 p.m and you're doing this thing I don't I just don't pay attention like I'm not I'm not conscious enough of the time or how long things go for so they were coming in and asking me meanwhile don't forget this is after um I had four days of labor an emergency cesarean after which I had obviously no sleep and I was expected to know not no fault of their own they needed to track but I was expected to know exactly for how long I was half falling asleep you know feeding my child anyway so because everyone kept coming in and asking me these really specific questions basically about feeding obviously to know how I'm caring for the baby that started a bit of a tracking frenzy for me and so the first thing I did was I found an app on my phone that allowed me to track breastfeeding and you know so which side I'd feed from and for how long and what time etc and I know there are other hacks about you know putting a hair elastic on your hand and switching hands and all that stuff to know which breast you last fed off and to me that wasn't enough because I was like I need to know that I'm feeding her enough and I'm gonna go based on this you know I I need to track the information so I remember actually my mum you know, questioning why I was tracking so much. And I struggled to let it go. I struggled. I remember one day it had been weeks, maybe, maybe the first month and a bit, literally like it was obsessive where I was like, every time I sat down to feed, I'm like, I need my phone. I need my bottle of water and go. And I'd literally press go when she'd start feeding and stop when she'd stop feeding. And I'd track which breast the feed was from, etc. And one day I my mum I think my mum said to me you know I think that's enough Lena do you don't need to track all the time what do you think we used to do and it kind of hit me where I was like yeah this is a little bit much but I felt so insecure about not knowing because I kept checking that app to, to know when was the last time I fed her and for how long so I felt so insecure and I think ha- tracking made me lose a bit of confidence or trust in myself that I was doing okay that I actually needed some data to be able to tell me that things were going okay so that all started this kind of tracking frenzy like I think most people in my era of new mum life um, I also got into tracking leaps so developmental leaps I downloaded um, the app and and you know which tells you if you've got it you know the one I'm talking about it tells you you know that you're going, you're going to go through a rough period in the next few days. Um, and this is, you know, um, a significant time because basically a developmental leap is around the corner and you should see your child being able to do X, Y, Z things. And while 
my God, that shit is very spot on, or at least it was with my daughter and it actually blew my mind. And I found it really, really helpful in the sense that I never knew Firstly, I never knew about leaps. I didn't realize that development wasn't just like this slow linear progression. Like there were times where, you know, development would burst and it absolutely would. I didn't know that. So that was really, really helpful. And I didn't know that, you know, I could use this knowledge to my advantage. And that's the whole point of tracking leaps, I guess, is to think about the types of activities and things you're doing with your baby um, so that you can help complement or enhance the the leap that they're currently in so that's all fantastic and I found that really really beautiful but at the same time just like the breastfeeding tracking I became a little bit obsessive a little bit dependent um, and so so anxious knowing that you know um, a cloudy period (laughs) so they show you when you're going to have a rough time in the lead up to a leap um by showing you a calendar which has a little cloudy period you know it might be three days it could be two weeks it could be more um where you expect that your baby's going to be really really fussy and not sleep very well and crying and colicky and all that kind of stuff um because a leap is around the corner basically so i became so insanely anxious anytime i saw those cloudy weeks uh, you know arriving that i i may have maybe may have contributed to um to it i feel like you know the the more anxious i became it was harder to settle a screaming baby because i'm anxious myself it's harder to you know settle a baby to sleep when i'm like i know tonight's going to be shit i know i'm not going to get any sleep because we're in a cloudy week and and so i'm trying to settle you know a baby with that mindset and i feel like that for me for my personality it didn't help so this time round I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm, I'm absolutely at look at this stage. Anyway, there might come a time where I'm like, I can, I'm strong enough mentally to handle it. So that's fine. But I just, I don't feel the need to work myself up, I guess. Uh, I just feel like I'm, I'm living a little bit more in the moment. So it is what it is. If he has a good night, which he, I don't know, man, I don't know. I think I've been given a, a miracle sleeper at this point. I'm not, counting any blessings before whatever but he's amazing at sleeping compared to what my daughter was and still is but at the same time I know that can change any minute and I'm expecting it and I know that you know it's just a situation where I just feel like I'm a little bit more in the moment so if tonight he has a shit sleep for the next week he has a shit sleep I don't feel like I need to I guess know it in advance I don't want to prepare myself too much because I think last time it really worked me up, got me a bit anxious. This might change, like I said, because the benefit of tracking, you know, the leaps was that I knew the types of activities to play with my daughter in order to enhance the stage that she Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The next thing that I um, I have changed and... I don't know that it's been entirely conscious. I did a lot of work on this uh, in my first time round, my first time round the sun, um, which was my absolute inability to ask for help. I struggled more than I think anyone I know. I really found it difficult to ask or accept for, you know, help. Um, Now I worked on that a lot. So Part of the reason that it's changing this time around is that I have done a lot of work on that because I I had to understand that, you know, me not asking for help was actually hindering me but others as well in a number of ways. So my, I had to, you know, come to terms with the fact that I'm not burdening people. Actually, other people also have a relationship with my child, like my, you know, like her, her grandparents or, you know, aunties, uncles, that kind of those kind of dynamics that I would be hindering if I wouldn't accept any any support from them or any interaction, any help, any care for her from them. Um, but, you know, the other reason is that I just I, I just can't do it without help this time around. Like I just my hands are, are so much more full, as you would know, if you've got two. Um, it just it feels like it's partly impossible to do what I could have managed to do first time around without another pair of hands. I've mentioned in my last episode um, that, you know, my partner works a lot and I have basically I do I spend a lot of time, you know, without without the support of a partner. So I have, I'm very, very lucky that I'm very close to my parents, you know, physically they live around the corner. So I get a lot of their support, which is amazing. Um, but now this time around, I feel like I'm so much more capable of picking up the phone and going, Hey, do you, you know, I kind of need this. Do you think you can help me for half an hour or can we work something out? And I don't feel, I don't feel so bad about it. Um, I, you know, I'm so insanely grateful and I can't even explain how grateful I am. It's, it's, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this without, without that help, without that support, but it's something that doesn't make me feel awful now to, to ask because I absolutely, I, I couldn't function without it. And, um, yeah. And, and my, something that my mum says to me all the time, which has kind of helped me, you know, see things a little bit differently was asking me if I would 
do that for my child. So if she offers me help in some way, like, you know, do you want me to take your daughter to the shops or does she, do you want her to come over for a sleepover or whatever it might be? I'll, I'll be like, look, I know you've got stuff on. I know you've got a life, whatever, you know, you need to do your thing. And my mom will always say to me, would you not do this for your child? What I'm doing for you? And I'm like, a hundred percent I would, I would do anything for my kid. Like, you know, when my children are adults and if they choose to have kids and, or whatever situation they're in, if they need my help, I'll be up front and center. My mom's like, well, that's exactly what I'm doing. So that's kind of made me flip my thinking around, you know, in terms of am I burdening people versus people being in my life because they want to be and they want to help me. The next thing that I'm trying to do differently this time around or trying to do different at this point, I'm no expert at this um, and I'm still kind of, mm, I'm still working it out. But I guess it's, it's about deciding how others feel about children and babies so I've always had this for some weird reason I've always had this kind of assumption that you know or knowledge I guess that I know that I find my my babies cute and I know that I I don't think they're annoying and you know just like any parent thinks their kid is funny and cute um we all know that other people's kids don't always hit the same way, right? It, it's not always it's not always the same flavor when someone else's kid is is saying something that their parents find adorable, and you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of cute. And so, I've always had this concept that I'm I'm conscious of that constantly, um, and so I've always kind of decided that other people would not enjoy my kids as much as I do, in the sense that, you know, they might find them annoying. Um, if, you know, a a perfect example of this is going out with friends. I have my, my toddler with me and she wants to ask a lot of questions. And, you know, the, the normal scenario for any mum of a toddler is that if you're trying to have a conversation, it's interrupted a thousand times. So you, you know, you have three seconds of an adult conversation when, when ordinarily you'd have 20 minutes of an adult conversation because, the toddlers chiming in or wanting to ask you questions or ask, you know, needing help, all that kind of stuff. And before being a mum, I would have found that annoying. That's the truth. Um, I don't, yeah, I struggle with that kind of stuff. Now that I'm a mum, I've decided that other people find that annoying. So I am overly apologetic to the point that very recently, a couple of friends have said to me, can you just stop apologizing? Like you just, just chill. Like we know you're here with a toddler it's totally fine. So I think this is something I've got to work on because I also feel a bit anxious and uncomfortable making people, you know, not have, I guess, the best time. Um, so I'm working on deci- not deciding how other people feel about children and babies. So I, I guess assuming that, you know, if you've invited me and you know I'm with my kid and you know I've got a toddler and a newborn, those interruptions may be part of the conversation and that's something that I shouldn't already decide that you're going to be annoyed about. The next thing that's not happening this time around, and that's completely subconscious, it's just I think this is where the being seasoned in having had a baby before um, is playing into it, is that I don't freak out about every single noise, sound, facial expression, gesture (laughs) that my son makes. Um, I, first time around, oh my gosh, it is a curse and a blessing that I live so close to a hospital because I everything freaked me out absolutely absolutely everything made me nervous 
Um, any funny sound that my daughter would make, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, she's choking. She, there's something's wrong with her larynx. Um, she's got sleep apnea, like anything. I would just Google galore, obviously, like we all do. Um, but also absolutely panic. The number of times I'd pull over a car because she'd make a little squeaky sound. I'm like, that's, that's not, that's not normal. Oh my gosh. She's never made that sound before. And of course I got the typical faces from pediatricians and doctors. Um, anytime I'd go to see them that it was like typical mum freaking out about everything, which I absolutely did. And, you know, a couple of them were really nice. And they basically said to me, you know, that babies will always like some of these sounds they're going to make for the first time because they haven't they don't have a big array of sounds so every sound is going to be new and if they make one that they like and if they make one that you react to there's a chance they're going to do it again so it's just part of development and so this time around I guess I'm just super chilled um, in that sense like I'm really not panicked Uh, my son is doing all the cute little six week old or almost six week old things that babies do. And, you know, he might move in a different way than my daughter did. And he's not mimicking her in any way. Like there's, there's definitely things that he does differently. You know, he might do different, you know, movements with his body or facial expressions. He might also, he's actually, you know, I I feel like she, tummy time wise, she lifted her head much earlier than he has um and part of it's got to do with you know their size and you know how heavy their head is and all that kind of stuff and I just feel like first time around I was so panicked about anything developmental any sound any noise any gesture any movement and this time around subconsciously I'm just much more chilled which hopefully means that that's going to play into his (laughs) calm future nature as well the next one I feel like is a bit of a sore spot for a lot of mums um, and it was it actually I feel like it was a bit heartbreaking first time round. It seems like nothing, you know, when you say it out loud, but it's it's painful when you think about the fact that very often you yourself who is there with your kids most of the time, most likely, I know the audience that I'm talking to tend to be, you know, mums that spend more time with their kids um, is kind of waiting and hoping that others might voluntarily capture special moments. And this is something that I feel like no matter who you talk to, which mum you talk to, they'll be like, yeah, it's so funny. I end up in the least photos like or, or the least video footage or and if I do, no one's really put in, I guess, much effort to think about how I look or whether I look nice or not. So you you feel like you look disheveled, you feel like you're in the background or you're not in your, you know, you're not in your prime position or whatever it might be. You don't necessarily look happy in the photo. If you're even in the photo, normally you're behind the camera. Um, And I think first time around, including pregnancy. So my first pregnancy, I basically did my own photo shoot because I was like, I haven't, I've never paid to get a photo shoot done. Um, And I was like, I need to, I want to capture what, I look like pregnant and I'm just going to do it myself. So I took a bunch of photos of myself, um, awkward and embarrassing, but I have to say, I'll give myself a pat on the back. They actually turned out quite good if I say so myself. Um, second pregnancy, I have only awful selfies, basically tracking progress of my bump and, the guilt hits hard when I know that I've taken a tenth of the photos second time round, pregnancy-wise, 
than the first time. Um, so with my daughter, it was like every single week I had a photo of the progress of my pregnancy with her. And with my son, I think maybe I have four or five photos of me pregnant and they're all with a just tired face, picture in the bathroom, shit in the background, <laughs> like there's nothing nice. And as far as I know, unless someone that knows me is able to, you know, miraculously pull out some photos that like, oh, you t- I took these photos of you, you didn't know. I don't think there's one nice photo of me pregnant second time round. Um, and so I think this time something that I'm going to make a conscious effort of is not waiting for other people to initiate that capturing of special moments. Um, asking to be, you know, asking, can you take, uh, this is a nice background, I want some photos with my kid, can you please take a photo of us? And directing how you want that photo to, I'd like it just make it happen be you know in my case I just want to do that I want to I want to appear and I don't want to regret it later that I just waited back hoping that someone would have the thought to be like hey you you know mum you should get in the photo and in the same vein uh, the last thing I want to share that I'm not going to do this time around is allow myself to feel lonely due to lack of initiation on my part Um, there is nothing as far as I've experienced nothing lonelier than having a newborn you are literally tied to a baby your circles of friends um, you know who have or have not had children in the past it doesn't matter but if they're not in your current so-called season right now if they're not in newborn territory right now then in my opinion this is the loneliest stage because you have a totally different world of demands. You are up at night, you you know, you are tired during the day, you are tired to being to to being close to your child as much as you need to be. Um, you know, you're there's there's so much less that you can do. You don't have the same freedom as you normally do. And so and and it's you know, it's much harder to get other people, and in my case I've chosen not to at this up until now, to get other people to care for your baby. So um, you know, my son's six weeks old, he hasn't been cared for, you know, for more than an hour or so by anyone else but me. Um but because of this, I feel like that sense of like, you know, I'm being left out haunts me and and makes me feel completely isolated. In my first time round, I felt like, oh my gosh, oh, there's the little monkey. Hey, buddy. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Um, first time round, you know, I felt, I did feel really lonely. And this time I think, you know, I'm not going to allow that to happen because I didn't initiate. I didn't initiate anything with people. And I think it's just A, initiating plans with, with friends um, obviously people assume that you are not ready to come out or assume that you're not available. And also there's different things people want to do. You know, in my current stage or season or whatever, um, it's easier for me. It's actually, it makes it possible for me if people come to me. Um, whereas people don't always want to sit in, you know, the lounge room of a house with a newborn and a toddler and have their Friday night drinks. It doesn't work like that. And I'm not silly, obviously, but there are other people in my life who are currently living in the same stage as I am. And so I'm going to take responsibility to initiate and not sit back and, you know, feel like, oh, well, I just have to wait to see, 
um, you know, for someone to not find me boring because that's the stage that I'm in to be like, no, no, no. Okay, fine. We've got, you know, different ways that we can connect, but there are people in my life who are literally living exactly what I'm living. I'm going to take charge and initiate that. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately about the village, you know, the village that people always talk about. um, It takes a village, that connection with other people. Obviously, people talk about it in terms of raising a a child, um, but I think it's also in terms of when you are first, when you have a newborn, when you have a baby and the the stuff that needs to happen around you for that to function seamlessly takes a village. So food being prepared and place, house being cleaned and, you know, all the things that need to happen around you. And I just, I was imagining, so I live in an apartment and very often I think to myself when I'm struggling, I have no idea who lives in my building. I have no idea how many people in my building are in the same position as I am. And we could literally, there could be 10 mums in the building, lonely as fuck like me with newborns who knows and here we are all waiting to be not lonely waiting for others to take that kind of initiative so I just feel like that's something that I want to take charge of this time around and not like I said not wait for for it to come to me I'm actually I'm feeling and I think partly part of the reason is that I'm feeling a lot more I'm feeling a lot calmer a lot more confident second time around so I'm not I'm not feeling as lost and confused, I guess. My identity hasn't taken as much of a hit as it did first time around. I'm still recovering from first time around. Don't get me wrong. I feel like becoming a mum took a whack at my identity altogether. And I am still a mum and I've only been a mum for three years. So I'm still kind of working out who I am. So I guess having the second baby hasn't really knocked me out as much in that sense. So yeah, anyway, I feel like... What I, what I know I'm going to consciously do this time that I didn't do last time is to take that initiative and get out of my comfort zone. If I, if I happen to connect with someone who's also in the same stage or season as I'm in at the moment, newborn territory, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and initiate. So this is my episode for today. I have, like I said, a wriggly colicky baby in my arms. He's waking up. I think he's due for a feed or he's wanting one anyway. So we'll just make it happen. I hope you have an amazing week. As usual, I'm here to remind you to trust your gut, be kind to your pooch, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.